Welcome to the Real Estate Asia podcast, where industry leaders discuss emerging trends and business models, their upcoming developments, and how the real estate industry is evolving. And now here's your host, Tim Charlton. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's Real Estate Asia podcast, where we have an exclusive interview with Savills Thailand. In this interview, we will discuss the Bangkok office and retail markets and the outlook on what happens after COVID-19. Joining us from Savills is Jeremy O'Sullivan. He is the Head of Professional Services at Savills in Bangkok. Jeremy has extensive experience within the Thailand real estate industry and specializes in valuation and feasibility analysis and has advised on a broad range of property uses across Thailand. Welcome, Jeremy. Thank you very much, Tim. Thank you very much to you and the team at Real Estate Asia for having me. And I'm very happy to be with you here today discussing some very active sectors in the Bangkok property market. Fantastic. Now, in your report on prime offices, you said that international occupiers are tentatively planning a return to office, but mostly through a flexible arrangement. Can you maybe elaborate on the current work set up in Thailand and how feasible is return to office scenario by Q3 or even Q4 this year? Well, of course, this is the danger of forecasting in a pandemic because, of course, the situations have yet again completely changed. We had another recent outbreak in Thailand, this time very much centred in Bangkok. So suddenly businesses, shops, you know, activity has completely dropped off the streets. And generally, I think businesses are, again, pushing their plans backwards, really, you know, to keep workers safe and just meeting that kind of social expectation at the moment to keep and maintain social distancing. So in terms of whether that exact date is workable or not, I mean, it it does remain to be seen. We do have some positivity on the uh, vaccinations, which have begun, and we expect to see considerable pickup in June and July this year. So the date is still in play. However, it's likely to be the last quarter before we see a good amount of the occupiers move back on a more permanent basis. I mean, to give you some idea of what occupiers have been doing really here in Bangkok, actually, it's been really mixed across the board. We have seen both international and local occupiers choosing to go complete stay at home, work from home situations. But I really think there's some organisations which have found that it's much more preferable for them to remain in office and to keep working quite often on a, a team A and a team B basis you know, to avoid mixing too much. So overall, as a description of the market, it's been very mixed. And to summarise the question, it's possible that we may see a bigger return to office in Q4. But again, all remains to be seen on how well we manage this pandemic. Yeah, and presumably people that already have their office space aren't giving it up when everybody's gone home. But I would imagine people are also not going and getting new office space. So that Sort of leads us to our next question. There's obviously, I believe, a bit of growth in Bangkok office space. Prime area forecast reached 2.9 million square foot by 2026. So that's obviously beyond this period. But what do we expect is going to happen? What kind of occupiers are going to be leasing these new spaces? And perhaps if there's different kinds of a leasing arrangements they might enter into. Well, I'll pick up on your first point there, first of all, which is kind of like sentiment for moving office or sentiment for changing office, or what you do with your current space. Well, as we can see it, really most occupiers are taking a wait-and-see approach at the moment. We've seen a very sharp drop in general leasing activity, because where we had been expecting tenants to perhaps be lining up a move into a new office space, 
in general, we've seen this greatly paused across the Bangkok market. So this may mean that in the next two or three years, we could see a, a very sharp rise in clients, in occupiers moving offices. And this would align with a lot of the new offices coming on the market, such as the big developments such as One Bangkok. We have a recently completed park, which is still trying to attract more tenants and one city centre. So we have a huge amount of very high quality, recently built offices. So this kind of lines up well. So what we really do expect at Savills is we typically expect, as we've seen in other international markets, we expect to see a flight to quality where occupiers who are at the moment in slightly older buildings, which are poorer quality than the new ones that are currently under construction or recently completed. We expect they will be looking to potentially move into a new office building. So it offers a really interesting opportunity for them. Okay, so after the pandemic, we've seen that a lot of occupiers are reducing their total floor space requirement, either because their teams have shrunk or because they're working now working part-time from home. So it means that they are going to be looking for less space. So they're taking the opportunity of taking a newer, smaller office in a more modern building, and they can almost effectively keep it at the same cost as what they're currently paying now in an older building, which may be twice the size. So after the pandemic, there really is a lot of opportunity for the occupiers. Of course, it means there's gonna be a huge amount of competition in the office market. We think that rates will continue trending downwards because those older office buildings are going to have to really offer some, some benefit for tenants looking to remain or are trying to attract new tenants. How much have they fallen already, those older offices? Yeah, so we've seen it fall actually around 10% since the pandemic. We were forecasting there to be a drop over the next few years due to this, this new supply coming on the market and steady demand. So with the pandemic, it's, it accelerated that trend. So we saw approximately 10% fall off during 2020. And we do expect occupancy rates to continue trending downwards over the next few years. It will level off, but it remains to be seen exactly where. If you were to poke a gut finger or a range, are we talking a 30% correction over the next few years, 50 or, or, or 20? Where do you, what's the range? I'm not asking you to pick a particular number, but what do you think investors need to be factoring in here? Yeah, okay. So I think we're looking more around the 20% range. Okay. There will be some struggle in the market and one that's quite difficult to report in our data from day-to-day -day reports is that there will be some buildings which will struggle. There are some buildings which will not pick up traction with tenants and those buildings will be offering very sharp incentives to try and get the tenants into the office. Whereas, you know, if we average the trend at 20%, it's likely that some of the well-performing buildings may remain steady, may maintain their rents, but there will be a number that will really struggle and offer very large incentives to try and make a success of what they've got. And that's a good nuance there and uh, helpful, I think, for property investors as well to try and work out you know, what's going on and, and where they should be going. Now, let's switch over to retail. 
Uh, from your 2020 report on prime retail, you said the retailers are looking to e-commerce, maximize effectiveness of their brick and mortar or click and mortar strategy. Do you think that this will continue to be successful in Thailand? Uh, and also side by side with figures show that prime retail occupancy rate increased just a little bit, 0.8% from the previous quarter. Retail seems to be holding up sector. So give us your feeling for retail in, in Thailand. Yeah, sure. I think the first thing I'd like to point out for listeners is Thai people have a very strong culture of retail. In provincial areas, Bangkok, every major city, retail malls are the social gathering place. So they're really critical in cities. So generally, when Savills, when we're predicting the future of this sector, we do expect that retail physical stores, bricks and mortar, will remain important to anybody entering this market. So by all means, we think investing in bricks and mortar for newcomers into the market or those expanding will continue to be important. So of course, like every other developing country and those more developed markets, e-commerce is entering and it's growing and it's going to take up a bigger share of total retail transactions year by year. Of course, we saw a 35% jump in 2020 directly because of a pandemic, which again really accelerated that trend. So how does that work for retailers that are considering both e-commerce and a bricks and mortar? We think that some outlets and retailers will become more picky with their space. Much like how I reported for the office, if we're talking particularly for the Bangkok market, there are really winners and losers when it comes to locations. There are some locations, the very big malls in Siam, Central World, Siam Paragon, which will continue to maintain their rates of occupancy because it's a key destination for retail. It's the best destination in the city, if not the country. So they will continue to maintain their importance to retailers and we'll see new brands entering these places uh, year on year because you know it's a hub for fashion, it's a hub for all types of retail. Though on the flip side, it does mean that there will likely be some malls which will continue to suffer, which may not grab a part of the market as successfully as those key locations. So again, it's going to be a real mix. Overall, e-commerce is going to continue growing. It's going to become a much bigger share of the overall retail market. Bricks and mortar will continue to be important. There will be some that do well and continue to do well and others which will likely struggle to get the occupancy. Now, interestingly, your report shows that there's a 0% ask for a rental rate deduction across the CBD and downtown malls despite discounts being available. Can you elaborate on this figure and, and explain it? Sure. So actually, when we're reporting that 0%, actually, that's effectively the asking rent or the actual rent. So yes, we do see substantial discounts available, but these are typically done on a case-by-case, month-by-month basis. And... For obvious reasons, landlords really don't want us reporting too openly what occupiers are achieving. So we we don't have the exact figures uh, for every retailer's hand. So in terms of what that discount looks like, at the moment, speaking to our retail clients recently, we're looking at a range between typically 50% to 20%, I think is the most common number we've heard where a discount is given. So 20% would be the most common rental discount? Actually, it's a very wide range. So because it's done on a case-by-case basis, a lot of the landlords are really looking at the cash flow. 
They want to see the numbers. They want to see how badly you're affected. They quote to you figures in terms of the drop in foot traffic. So it's a bit of a negotiation using those metrics to decide how much of a discount you're getting. So we really do see a wide range of numbers. I guess the average will be high 20% if we try to average across what we've heard. So yeah, a substantial saving. And just to mention, the landlords have been very responsive as a result of the pandemic. So they were offering a 100% discount to tenants when we had a complete lockdown this time last year. So overall, I think this is one of the reasons that we've managed to maintain the occupancy rates as we have through this year, because they've really provided that extra bit of help to the occupiers. Yeah, no, it's interesting. All, all across Asia, I guess the world, we, we've seen with the cataclysm, at least landlords being reasonable in the main part with their tenants to ensure a win-win and a viability and a continuation of business. Now, uh, is there anything else that you'd like to share from retail and your knowledge of the market? Yeah, well, of course, just to highlight again, we really do think, much like I reported for Office, that there are definitely going to be winners and losers in the future of this segment. Like I pointed out, those key large outlets that are internationally famous are going to remain very popular for occupiers. We're going to see new brands arriving into Thailand. Savills works with a number of brands attempting to enter at the moment or lining up for once we get international travel is allowed to resume. So those types of locations are going to continue doing well. But there is a lot of poorly utilised or poorly, or retail that's doing poorly. So these are for reasons such as poor location, its tenant mix is not optimal for its location and its target customers, or it, you know, general positioning issues. It can be very sensitive in Bangkok because we do have so much choice, not everybody can win especially for anyone that's looking, is why you've got to be very diligent in doing your homework and doing your research where you want to open to make sure the location matches your brand or your business's identity. I love that quote, by the way. So much choice, not everybody can win. I think we'll use it. Oh, good. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, but it's honestly, it's true. We're really spoiled for space here in Bangkok. It's fantastic, you know, for us that are lucky enough to live here. We don't have to suffer when we want to go shopping. We can choose the best place there is. And to touch on as well, one of the main drivers of that slight growth in occupancy that we've seen was food and beverage. So this relates back to my point I made earlier about how retail is a key social location for Thais. This is why food and beverage is doing so well. They continue to expand because Thai people love to spend time in the shopping malls. So we do expect this trend to remain we do see further expansions of food and beverage. We see more food and beverage brands seeking to enter the Thai market. So if you're looking for a particular segment, we think they're gonna do well. Fantastic. Now, what I also wanted to ask you, and I know we hadn't discussed it before, is do you also have any commentary on residential property space in Bangkok? Because I know there are a lot of people who look at investing in that market and they may be wondering, you know, are there fire sales on now? Where are the rents holding up? Is it the long-term tourist markets at the expat market just wondering if you have any kind of uh, understanding to share on that yeah the retail market has been fascinating over the last year so we did have a fire sale so this fire sale occurred i would say exactly a year ago when we were in lockdown or around that time because our developers had a lot of completed stock available on the market 
and were panicking because they didn't want to be stuck with this, you know, large amount of brand new units through a pandemic. So they had a sell-off. We saw huge discounts. We saw, I'm sure it was 50% discounts on some units. They were giving away cars, you know, buy one, get one free. It was pretty crazy, you know, the types of sales and discounts that were available. It worked very well. So what we saw overall in Bangkok is we saw that the total amount of stock, unsold stock on the market last year, decreased substantially, approximately halved. So we, we had about 100,000 units and it went down by half, which is very good because it means that, you know, we don't have this large amount of unsold units, which looks a bit ugly, you know, if a building has boarded up windows because it's, you know, yet to be decorated. So overall, it's very positive for the residential sector. What we've seen now is that those developers have slowed down their pipelines. So we're not going to see as much residential development year on year in Bangkok for quite some time. But actually, we also observe that where they are developing, they're being much more careful with their targeting. So they're really going for the real demand. Those you know, young commuters want to be on a main train line, give them easy access into the city centre. So overall, we've seen the performance of the developments have been particularly good. So, you know, I would say once the economy picks up, actually, we're probably looking at a healthier residential market here in Bangkok. Some other trends, just to briefly touch on, we saw that houses, landed houses, townhouses, increased in popularity. So we've seen developers entering that space a lot recently as well. And in terms of the secondhand units for resale, well, there's a lot on the market. So that's because expats, there have been expats leaving the country or those re-looking at their portfolio and trying to reduce their total amount of property they have. So we have seen a lot of property come on the market and there have been a lot of discounts. We don't measure exactly, but again, I'm sure there's lots of deals to be had if you did want to place in Bangkok or Thailand. A lot of, a lot of good news there for people uh, to come back as we get out of this pandemic and to re-look at things again. And Jeremy, I'm certainly looking forward to when the borders open up. I can't forecast when that's going to be, but we'll make our trip up to Bangkok from Singapore and, uh, and see you and enjoy everything the city has to offer. Well, thank you very much, Tim. It's been really good to talk. Honestly, the Bangkok, Thailand markets have been absolutely fantastic over last year to be a researcher because so much has happened. I can't keep track from month to month. So I'm sure the next time we speak, I'll be giving you a completely different story and I'll have to say all of my previous forecasts, you know, need revising. But uh, that's the beauty of it. Wonderful. Jeremy O'Sullivan, thank you very much for your time and your insights today. Thank you, Tim. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to our channel on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcast. For more information, check out realestateasia.com.